All right, all right, all right. So, shout out to my man Travis. Sent in $10. So he wants to know my thoughts on DMX, the dog. Um, my thoughts are really quick. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. All right, thank you. See you guys tomorrow. Now, hey, here's the real deal, right? So I met DMX once. I met DMX back in 2000. I want to say 2001, right before 9-11. We was on the same plane. I can't remember. I was flying in. I had flew out to Washington State. And then I was flying back into Orlando. And when I was on the plane, I saw this, like, super fine chick on the plane. And I was like, damn, this chick is fine as hell. And um, anyways, we get off the plane. It's probably, like, I don't know, like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night or something, we land, and I see this chick, and the next thing I know, I see DMX coming up. I'm like, oh, shit, there go the dog right there. So I went over there and spoke to him. <laughs> so I spoke to him for about, I don't know, about two minutes, saying I was a fan of his music, you know, on some fanboy stuff, because I was, I was really a fan. And that was it. You know, we dapped up. He went on about his business. I went on about my business. That was it. You know what I'm saying? So I actually got to meet DMX once in the airport. Um, I've been a fan of DMX since uh, 1998 when I was a senior in high school. When uh, his album came out, As Dark As and Hell Is Hot, that was like uh, that was like the anthem for my senior year in high school. You couldn't go two feet without somebody blasting that damn album. And then when this second one came out, uh, what was it? What was the second album that came out the same year? It was, it was, uh, what was it like blood of my i can't remember what the name of the second album was but that one had went platinum as well so yeah we were we, we was we was bumping dmx hard back in the day you know what i'm saying so i'm a fan as a matter of fact the verses that he did with snoop that was actually my favorite verses now i like the isley brothers and i like earth wind and fire i think theirs was i i think that was i think that one was probably the best one but prior to the Earth, Wind & Fire, Isley Brothers, I said DMX and Snoop had the best verses. Because, I mean, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing DMX in good, what, what looked like, to appear to be good health at the time. He looked like his spirits was kind of rejuvenated. People was giving him his flowers, showing him his props. And we just got to reminisce on all the music. Because, you know, prior to that verses, I'm not going to lie, I kind of forgot how many banging ass songs DMX had made. I was like, he was going to go in there and, and Snoop was just going to lay him out. But then he got to running through his music. I was like, oh, snap. I just I just totally forgot about it. Because, you know, there was a time period that I just didn't really listen to DMX. I mean, he really wasn't popping like that for, for a good 10 years. He was mostly known for just being, going in and out of jail, having issues with drugs. He really wasn't, you know, doing the music thing like, like, like he was in the early two, late 90s, early 2000s. But that that uh that verse is just it just brought back all kind of memories when I was listening to the music. I was like, damn, yeah, that song was riding back in the day. So it was good to see that, man. And um, like I say, that was actually my favorite verses prior to the Isley Brothers and Earth Wind and Fire doing theirs, which that is now my favorite, but number two is now DMX and Snoop. But um as it relates to drugs, uh his situation, I think it's just another example of um another musician getting caught up in the industry because 
And I've said it time and time again, a lot of these musicians, man, when they make when they make their music, their best music, a lot of these dudes are addicted to drugs. They got they got some type of whether it's whether it's pills, heroin, uh, coke, uh, the super duper strands of marijuana that they smoke in these days, lean. You know, unfortunately, that produces a lot of great music. I mean, this is and this is nothing new. This this goes all the way back in time. Like, remember Jimi Hendrix when he was rolling around? Well, none of us remember because we was all we weren't born when he was around. But I'm just saying, you look at the old video footage of Jimi Hendrix. You know, he died at like age 28 or something like that. He was addicted to LSD or some other. I can't remember what he was addicted to, but. He would take those drugs and next thing you know, he'd be like teleported to another world to where his, his electric guitar playing skills was just, was just on some, some next level stuff that nobody even envisioned. And that was all attributed to the drugs, man. I said it before with Mary J. Blige and Jodeci. You go back to the 90s when they was making their best music, they were sky high back in the 90s, super high. Bobby and Whitney super sky high when they was making their music. I mean, we all seen the New Edition documentary uh, and the Bobby Brown one when he was over there just on some Scarface stuff, just, just sitting his nose into the powder. But they was making phenomenal music. So, you know, unfortunately, when you make uh, a lot of musicians, when they, uh, they, make, they make some of their best music, a lot of them are under the influence of some type of narcotic. And normally when they come off that narcotic, that's when you can see the deterioration in their music. And that's not for everybody, but that's for a lot of them. That is for a lot of them. So what up, Kay? But we see the effects of it because, you know, when you're running around young and you're doing all this crazy stuff, you know, your body can, or at least you think your body can handle it for the most part. But as we all start getting older, because none of us stay young forever, we all, quote unquote, hit the wall. There's a wall for men, too. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we all <laughs> we all hit the wall. You can't keep running around here doing drugs like that, like you were in your 20s. Like, I don't do drugs, but, um, well, I used to smoke I used to smoke weed back in the day. Um, I think the strongest strand of weed was, was the chronic back in the day. You know what I'm saying? When I used to smoke. Um, so obviously I went to the military in 2002. I couldn't smoke for obvious reasons. So I did, I went like a whole 13 years without smoking. When I got out the military, I remember I had tried some weed. My cousin had brought some, he, he brought me some, uh, some of that mid-grade, or uh, I don't know what the hell it was. it was. Anyways, I smoked some of that stuff. Dude, I was sky high. I didn't know where I was. I was like, <laughs> I was sitting on one of those green boxes, you know, those little green power boxes that be outside of some people's houses. Well, my mother's old house, she had one. So we was outside chiefing on that. And from the box to the front door, it's probably like 50 feet or, you know, something like that. Dude, that was like the longest 50 feet I think I ever walked in my life. I mean, I was walking in slow motion. I thought I was traveling back in time. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I went to go lay down in the bed. I woke up high the next morning. I was like, I don't like being high like this. I'm supposed to go sleep it off and wake up sober. I woke up still high. I was like, this is crazy. But what's crazy is my cousin, he would smoke that crap every day. And at the time he was living in Jacksonville and we was down here smoking, he was smoking here in Orlando. He smoked that stuff 
hopped back in the car and drove his ass all the way back to Jacksonville. That's like a two and a half hour, maybe three hour drive. I was like, bro, I can barely walk 50 feet. You mean to tell me you finna drive two and a half hours after we just got smoking this crap? But he was so used to smoking it. I mean, it, it was just in his system. So, you know, but my cousin's also, I want to say he's probably about eight, nine years younger than me, maybe 10 or something like that. So it's, it's um, back in my younger days, I probably could have got away with it. Because when I was in high school, I used to smoke weed. When I was in college, I used to smoke weed. But, you know, going a 10-year uh, run without smoking, my tolerance was like next to nothing. You know what I'm saying? And now with the stuff that they put in weed these days, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm kind of a little scared to even smoke it because I just don't know. I, look, I don't need all those extra chemicals in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need all that. I don't need, like like cotton candy pink marijuana <laughs> or you know i don't know what they're doing but i i don't think i need to be that high you know what i'm saying if i want to engage in those activities i just i think i'll pass you know what i'm saying uh, maybe in my younger years i may have tried it because there was one time i did try I, I remember this i was in 11th grade right uh my back all right in my back i don't know if i'm back somebody just called my phone again all right, so anyway, I think I'm back. So anyways, I remember in 11th grade, right, we used to smoke all the time, right? Um, anyways, this one day, this one dude, this dude named Rashid, right? Never forget this dude. I ain't seen this cat since high school. But Rashid, he came, he had a, he had a, uh, he had a dime. We used to call them dime bags back in the day, obviously. Y'all call them zips and all this other crap. It was just straight nicks and dimes and 20 sacks and, and QPs. That, 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 that's, that was how we did our measurements back in the day. And then we we gauge the the uh, the the um, the worthiness of a dime bag because you know a dime you're supposed to get at least two fatties out of it, you know what I'm saying? If we were we, we would try to we would try to make it get at least three fatties out of it. So anyways, we smoking right. I don't know where he got this this uh, from, but you know he was he was he was part of the crew. So I was like, all right, whatever, let's, let's blaze. Well, I think he had some some laced weed. Like there was there was some extra added stuff in there that. I don't know if he knew or he didn't tell us or whatever. So I remember it was lunchtime. We getting blazed, right? We smoking. And I'm smoking. I'm like, wow, this, this smells slightly off. But at the time, I was like 16. I was like, All right, whatever, man. Let's just, let's just go ahead and smoke. So we smoke. We come back. First of all, we hotboxing, right? Because we got off-campus lunch. I come back, we, we, we late as hell coming back to fifth period class. I got to go to chemistry class. So my jacket is, I'm reeking smelling like weed. I ain't had no air freshener, I had no cologne, no nothing, right? I'm walking down the hall, no hall pass. I walk right past the principal, right? Principal looking at me, I'm looking at him. I know he see my bloodshot eyeballs. I was like, all right, man, I'm just going to class, leave me alone. So I get to class, there's like, there's like one seat left open. It's like, I'm in the chemistry class. And the way our teachers had the seats arranged, she had like the desk in the center of the class and like all the desks were like kind of circled around hers to a certain extent, like, like almost like a little, like a little, uh, like a little, uh, what do you call them, horseshoe, right? So anyways, I get into the class. I remember the teacher makes this, this remark. She's like, ooh, somebody had a good lunch. And I'm over here looking around like, who's she talking about? What that pose to me? So anyways, I'm sitting next to this one chick named, uh, I think her name was Jamil or something like that. And on the other side of Jamil, she's sitting next to the wall. And on the wall, there's this poster of like this, this little white kid holding this test tube, because you know, we're in a chemistry class. So I'm looking at Jamil, 
she's over here laughing at me. She know what time it is. This is this little black chick. She's she busting out laughing, right? She's like, you high, you high, ain't you? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But the whole time she's talking, I see her lips moving, but I don't hear the words till like two or three seconds later. So it was like her lips and the audio, were they were like off sync. You know what I'm saying? I was like, wow, this is, I don't know what's really going on here. But then what, what really sent me over the edge was I looked up at that poster next to her, the white boy holding the test tube, and I swear I thought this dude was reaching out to touch me, or reaching out to grab me. <laughs> so I looked at that post, I was like, yo, this dude is trying to grab me and take me into the poster. So I just got my stuff. I told the teacher, like, look, I don't think I feel good. I went down to the nurse's office, right? I went to the nurse's office, crashed. The nurse, I don't think she knew I was back there for like a whole period. I just went right to sleep. So she came back there, she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I think I got food poisoning. So she called my mama, my mama had to come pick me up. Mom's come pick me up. I'm still high as hell. My mom's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I think I ate something bad for lunch. I don't feel good. So, you know, I went home, slept it off, and that was that. Um, so, you know, I've, I've had my experience, you know, I've had my experiences with, uh, I'm not going to say overdose. That was no overdose, but, you know, just with some, some, uh, some narcotics that probably weren't in my best interest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've had that happen twice. Uh, there was another time when I was in college, this cat from Detroit, we were smoking. He had some, he had some, uh, some weed. This, this thing looked like it was lime green. I ain't never seen weed so lime green in my life. It looked like a damn highlight. I was like, what the hell is this? So I remember we were smoking. We was getting ready to go to the club. So we smoked. Dude, I swear to God, I hit this thing twice and my eyeballs just started closing on their own. Like I couldn't even keep my eyeballs open. I was like, nigga, take me to the crib. I don't know what's in this crap, but I only hit it twice and my eyeballs were instantly closing on their own. So, you know, I've had a couple of experiences here and there of some, some questionable narcotics, but you know, that, that was about as crazy as my experiences have gotten. Um, fortunately, I never addic uh, developed any type of uh, addiction other than nicotine to where, you know, I'm running around here, you know, strung out uh, or potentially risking overdosing and all this other crap. Um, so I was blessed. I never, I never developed an addiction like that. Um, I don't even like drinking alcohol that much anymore. I used to drink it a lot, but dude, if I were to buy like, um, if I were to buy a fifth of something or whatever, it'll probably take me six, it'll probably take me three months to drink that thing. Cause I mean, I just don't drink alcohol like that anymore. Right. Um, so I'm fortunate now. I know a lot of people, Hey, what up? What up? Um, who's that mind games? I know a lot of people that are strung out on drugs. Um, I got quite a few in my family. Um, you know, some of them are my uncles. They used to sell dope back in the day. And now some of them are addicted to the crap that they used to sell. So I can see the effects of it. And that was one of the things that always, uh, scared me from ever wanting to try hard drugs. Cause, uh, my uncle, my oldest uncle on my mother's side is my mother's older brother. As long as I've known him for all my life, he's been addicted to crack cocaine. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him not addicted to crack. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, obviously, as you know, the years progress, he's physically started looking worse. You know, back in the days, he looked like an average, you know, regular dude running around in the 80s. But he was over there smoking rocks. You know what I'm saying? But I was a little kid. So, I, you know, what I'm saying I only, I only knew so much information. But as we got older, I, I used to see him strung out. And he used to just like, he used to just shake my head, man. Because, like, what can I tell him? He's my uncle. And then I could tell him. 
and I don't seen I don't witness this dude like steal all kind of crap out my grandma's house. I don't witness this dude, uh, uh, you know, just just where he would get so high that my grandmother thought he passed. He, my grandmother would think that he died because you know she going there trying to wake him up and shake him. He wouldn't move. So you got my grandmother acting all, you know, getting all irate and crazy because this is her oldest son. And um, turns out he was just like super sky high. I remember one day he asked me to take him somewhere. I was like, all right, this is my uncle, so I'm gonna drive him to wherever. He ended up, he didn't tell me where he was going, but he was like kind of guiding me, turn down here, turn down here. We get to the destination, it's a damn crack house. He, he, done, he, done, he done had me take him to a crack house so he can go get him, uh, go get him some rocks. I'm like, hold up, partner. You just don't, you just don't hop in a whip and then guide somebody to the crack house. Like, I'm your nephew first and foremost. Like, like I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you thinking? I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be nowhere near this crap. You know what I mean? And so, so I, I've seen the effects of it, as I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all have seen it. And now we get, the, for those of you who haven't seen it, well, now you're seeing it with your favorite artist, DMX. And like I say, he ain't the first. Um, Whitney Houston. You know, she went out. She was addicted to that stuff. Um, we're all, we were all led to believe that Bobby was the one who got us strung out. Turns out it was the opposite way around, according to everybody else. She was the one that got Bobby into the dope like that. And, uh, but you see how she passed away. You see how MJ, he was addicted to that, to the, whatever that damn medicine was. He passed. Prince, he, was, he went out the same way or a similar way. Um, it's, it's just a ton and ton of other, other artists that go out like this, man. And I'm hoping DMX pulls through, but based off of everything I'm hearing, he's, he's uh, pretty much in a vegetative state right now, which means he, uh, he needs machines to keep him alive. He needs machines to breathe for him. And so if that's the case, then it is, it's probably not looking too well because they say he OD'd in his house from what I read. And uh, by the time the paramedics showed up, who knows how much time had elapsed to where he wasn't getting oxygen to his brain. Now, I know a little bit about this, you know, based off of little readings I've done here and there, but if X amount of time you don't have oxygen flowing to your brain, I'm not talking about 20, 30 minutes. We're talking like something to the effect of like five minutes. You know what I'm saying? You go about five minutes without having oxygen flow to your brain, you start having uh, brain issues, brain damage, where, to you, where you could potentially become brain dead. So, there's no telling how long it was before the paramedics got to him and how long he was probably laid out on the floor with no, no, no uh, certain blood circulation going to his brain. And I would imagine, yeah, somebody said three to five minutes. I would imagine it was probably longer than that. So, and, and that's why he's currently in the state that he's in now. You know what I'm saying? Because of his addiction to drugs. But now, for those of you who are wondering, well, how did he get addicted to drugs? DMX actually told how he got addicted. DMX, for those of you who don't know, he's been rapping since the 80s. Like, he's been trying to get a record deal since the late 80s. I think Rough Riders actually started in the late 80s, but it took them a whole decade before we all discovered them. So he's, he's been doing this for, since the 80s, right? But he said, you know, you look at DMX, he had like a very rough life growing up, man. I think his mom was abusive or something or abandoned him or some, some crazy crap, right? But uh, he said, he had he was living in like a shelter or something like that at a young age or something when he was like a teenager or whatever or maybe even younger than that and he say some dude kind of kind of almost similar to what happened to me when i was smoking weed in high school but he said some dude gave him a blunt and it had had rock cocaine in the blunt and he didn't know and so he said he smoked it 
and that's what kicked off his addiction to, uh, to crack cocaine. So he's been a, he's been addicted to this stuff since he was probably a teenager. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you know, once you get addicted to that crap, I don't think you can ever truly shake it. I mean, you might be able to manage it. You know, you got some reformed crackheads that they ain't smoked in like 20 years, but I'm pretty sure that is a daily struggle that they got to deal with. Oh, it's like 15. Yeah, he, so he started. Yeah, he was young. He got addicted to crack cocaine at, at an early age, but it was very similar to how when I when I was smoking weed in high school, when somebody gave me some lace weed. Thank God it wasn't no crack in there. I don't know what the hell was in there, but <laughs> but his ended up being some. Somebody had put some crack rock in his, and that kicked off his addiction to crack. And that stuff is extremely addictive, man. Because like I say, I got an uncle who's been one for as long as I've been alive, and then I got another uncle who used to sell dope back in the day and now i ain't seen him in about two or three years but he he is a former shell of himself so he's, he's my um my mother's uh one of her younger brothers um i got i got four uncles on that side he's the second the second to youngest one right um back in the day he was known as like the uh, neighborhood bully uh, my uncle v that's you know i'm gonna say his real name is his first name starts with the letter v and uh, when i was a kid growing up he was like this big muscular dude, you know what I'm saying? Like really, really big and really muscular. And he had like this reputation for knocking niggas out with one punch. And so when I, used to, when I was a little kid, I used to get in little fights. First thing I would say, I'm gonna go get my uncle. And everybody's like, oh no, don't do that. And then I remember somebody asked me, who's your uncle? I was like, my uncle's V. Your uncle V, the big dude? Like, yeah, that's my uncle. I'm gonna go get him to come whoop your ass. I, you know, I used to be on some, some <laughs> I used to be on some crap like that. It was like, oh, man, we sorry, we sorry. Because everybody knew my uncle from the neighborhood. Like, he was just really, like, this really big, muscular dude. You know what I'm saying? You look at him now, he's in his 50s. He's, like, super skinny. And he's just a shell of his former self, man. And he, I, I, I can't prove it, but I'm more than positive he's probably on that stuff. I can't, like, I ain't seen him in two or three years. But if I had to guess, he probably on that stuff, man. The same stuff he used to smoke. So... And I highly doubt he's going to come off it anytime soon because that stuff is like super addictive. Um, that's not something I would wish anybody try. Um, <laughs> I, I make jokes about it. I'd be like, the only time I would ever smoke crack is if I'm on my deathbed and I'm about to go. I'd be like, all right, just give me the pipe. <laughs> and I know it's no coming back. That'd be like the only time I do it. But other than that, nah, I would never try that crap because I just seen how it's devastated some of my own family members, man. And... And now we're seeing it with DMX. I, I, like, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the drugs are that got DMX in that predicament, but you know, I'm gonna lean on the side that was probably something along the lines of that. Oh, and don't remember, also remember, what, who else died? Remember uh, Chris Kelly, the dark-skinned dude from Criss Cross? Remember he died about eight years ago from uh, mixing heroin and um, it was a speed, what do you call a speedball? A speedball is heroin mixed with cocaine or something like that. He died of an overdose about eight years ago, remember that? Yeah, crack is whack. <laughs> so, but it's just, dude, it's, it's, it's everywhere in our society, man. It's everywhere in our society. It's, it's overly glorified. Nah, nah, Chris Carter, not Chris Carter, Chris, Chris Kelly, he was the dark-skinned dude from Criss Cross. He ain't died from cancer. He died from an overdose. He died from an overdose of uh, mixing... Uh, uh, what they call a speedball. It was like cocaine laced with heroin or something like that. He died of an overdose. Um, 
but he had he had some kind of hair condition where his hair was falling out but whatever but now he ended up dying of an overdose like eight years ago but um so you know that's 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 kind of what's going on out there in these streets man so uh, I wish DMX the best, but you know, let's just keep it a buck. If they, if if this vegetative state that they say is true, I don't, I don't really know what the odds of coming back from that are. You know what I'm saying? Do you factor in his overall, his age and his overall health? I, I, I just don't, I don't know, man. So I'm not gonna be shedding tears. Uh, you know, I'll be sad and I'll play some DMX, but you know, it's. Unfortunately, this is just part of the uh, the so-called game when you get addicted to drugs, especially those hard drugs like that. That's just that's just the risk you run, especially the older you get, man. Your body your body just can't handle that crap nowhere near to the degree that, that it could handle it back in the, in its younger days. So I would imagine it's probably easier easier to potentially overdose off some crap. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know what else to say, um, but. If he's in a vegetative state like that, I just don't see how it's, I, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> obviously, but based off of my limited knowledge of, you know, watching a couple episodes of ER, <laughs> I, I just don't see how this is going to work. You know what I'm saying? What I hope, what I hope take is taking place that the family is just preparing for the worst. And I hope that he has all his paperwork lined up um, in, in terms of, of a will and all that stuff. Cause you know, to my knowledge, he has kids with, 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 a, with quite a few women. And so you can imagine what's about, let's just say, let's just say the dog transitions, right? Well, just imagine what's going to take place with all the baby mamas and all the kids. It's going to be all kind of infighting to see who gets access to his money and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's going to be a hot mess out, out in the, uh, the DMX uh, household. You know what I'm saying? So... This is probably a, a good time for those of you out there to uh, consider getting you a, a will, a living will of sorts, so that when you transition, because none of us gonna be here forever, when you transition, you know, you can have everything lined up in paper saying who's getting what. So you can minimize the fuss, this, that, and the third. As a matter of fact, I think I gotta go update minds, but you know, these are things that we all need to think about. And hopefully he has, hopefully he got that squared away, because if not, those baby mamas, because, you know, the same thing happened with, uh, I believe the same thing probably happened with Shawty Lowe. Remember, Shawty Lowe died in a car accident about five, six years ago in Atlanta, and he had about 12 baby mamas, or, you know, a, a bunch of kids spread out amongst about seven, eight, nine, ten baby mamas. So whatever money he had, just imagine all the fussing and fighting that was probably kicking off with his baby mama. That's why you guys can't be out here creating babies all willy-nilly, just, just all over the place, man, because when you transition... It's going gonna, it's gonna to create all kind of headaches and confusions and, and turmoil that shouldn't, uh, that doesn't need to be there. But if you are going to go out there and do that, it's probably best that you go down to a lawyer and get a will saying, okay, if I, when I transition, this kid's getting this, this kid's getting that, this person, you know what I'm saying? Like, just make everybody's life easier, man, so you can keep the courts out of your, out, hopefully, out of your life as much as uh, possible. You know what I mean? He said, X grown enough to think for himself, plus love himself more than people love him to stop the crap. But like they say, death has to knock on doors for people to stay, wake, wake up. So I guess we'll see. I mean, look, the man been addicted to cocaine, uh, crack cocaine since he was probably like 15 years old. So, you know, like I say, once you get addicted to that crap, 
I don't think there's no, I don't think there's ever no, no coming back. It's kind of like me. I'm addicted to nicotine, right? I put down this cigarette and don't, don't ever smoke one for the next 25 years. I'm still, a, I'm still, there's always going to be a craving for it. Cause you know, once you become addicted to something, it's just, it's just a part of you. You understand? So I can't, I can't really fault them for that, for the addiction part. Cause the addiction part is real. You know I mean, you got, you know, and there's various types of addictions out there. It ain't just nicotine and drugs. You, know, you got people that are addicted to gambling. You know what I'm saying? Or they're addicted to whatever. They're, uh, Derek Jackson, <laughs> we're under the belief that he's addicted to, to, to sex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So addiction is very real. But, you know, I just, I just think that um, being that he knows he's, because, you know, the thing about X, I think he, he realized his addiction, because if you remember, I want to say about a year or two ago, he, he voluntarily checked himself into rehab just so that he wouldn't risk going back out there to engage in drugs. You know what I'm saying? And he, he went in sober, but he was so scared that he would fall back into that life. He voluntarily checked himself in. And so I just, you know, I just hope, I just wish he, you know, had more of a support system around him. I'm not saying that he didn't because you can have a great support system, but if a person wants to go out there and do something, you can't stop them. Like, like you can try to talk to people, but there's going to come a point. It's like, it's like with my uncle, right? I'm pretty sure my uncle has been hearing the lessons about leave the drugs alone, go to rehab for over 30, 40 years now. At some point, you can't talk to them about it anymore. They're going to go do what they want to do. All you can do is just wish them the best. Because now you run the risk of getting, quote unquote, addicted to trying to get them to sober up. Meaning every time you see them, you're running around giving them lectures and lessons about why they shouldn't do drugs. They need to take care of themselves. But even though after you say that, five minutes later, they're going to go out there and smoke up whatever they're smoking up. So at some point, you can't, you can't keep giving these people lectures and lessons, especially as they, they get older and older. You just got to let them do what they do and, and hope and pray for the best because there's nothing you can do to stop them. So with my uncle, when he would come around, I know what he's doing. I know what he was going to do when he got paid every Friday, but I wasn't going to tell him not to do it because he wasn't going to listen to me. He wasn't listening to his own mama. He wasn't listening to his, his sister, which is my mother. He damn sure ain't going to listen to his nephew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. My uncle would get paid on Friday. You wouldn't see him till about Sunday or Monday. And he'd come back broke as hell. We all know exactly where his paycheck went. And guess what? It is what it is. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing I can, nobody felt sorry. Wasn't no awkward conversations. It just is what it was. So I stopped. I mean, people in my family, you know, other than my grandma, even my grandma, I think she did it to a certain point. They just reached a point. There was no, there was no talking to him about it. He, he was, he was, he was going to do it anyway. He, if he wanted to stop, it was going to be all on him. But it wasn't going to be no convincing him to stop because he, he was, he was dedicated to it. But my uncle's still alive. He's, uh, he got to be, yeah, he's in his 60s now. He live in Atlanta now, but I imagine he's here in Atlanta smoking up right now. And I wish him the best, you know what I'm saying? I hope, I hope he lives a long, prosperous life, uh, you know, to the best of his abilities, but ain't a damn thing I can do to stop this man from smoking. Especially at 60 years old, ain't, ain't damn sure ain't nothing I can do, you know what I mean? So I just, I just you know, wish him the best. But, so, you know, maybe that's kind of what was going on with DMX, if he did have a support system, but I don't know, who knows? It's just, like I say, I'm not sad over it. I'm not going to cry over it. I just recognize it for what it is, man. You know, your man had a strong addiction and DMX is like 50 years old. Like I said, you can't go out there 
uh, engaging in activities to the same degree that you were capable of doing in your younger years. That's just not, dude, your body gets older, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> your body starts wearing down and breaking down, the internal organs and all this stuff. So it's, it's just, it's sad, but this is a side effect of the, uh, uh, using and abusing hardcore or drugs in general, but especially hardcore drugs like that. This is a, this is a un, this is an un, unfortunate side effect that everybody should be there should be no shock. I just hope everything is squared away legally amongst all his kids and, and his other loved ones. So when when it's time when the, when when everybody starts coming in with their hands out trying to make money off of off of his royalties or off of or trying to get access to all his assets and everything he got going on, I just hope the paperwork is his his will is in place to minimize any uh, further chaos and confusion that might come about as a result of him be, uh, possibly transitioning. That's what I hope. You know what I mean? Because I just I, at this point I don't I don't I don't I don't really see it. Uh, I'm struggling to see him coming back from this. And let's just say he does come back from this. I don't think he'll ever be the same. I don't I don't know if you can ever be the same coming back from this. Like physically and mentally, because I just don't. I just I think I think his career. If he if he if he were to survive, I think his career is officially over. You know what I'm saying? Like I, there, there's no way in hell he'd be out there making records and doing concerts. I don't think he'd be physically able to do it. I just hope he has enough money stashed um, in the cut, but to uh, you know afford him. You know, look, I just you know, it is what it is, man. Um, great artist though. I'll, I'll play his music, his early stuff, from like '98 to about 2002. I was a fan. I was riding with the dog, but I was that was over 20 years ago, B. 20 years, man. That was a, that was a long time ago. I was in my late teens, early 20s, man. And I'm 40. I'll be 41 tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> time done flew. I mean, I remember going to college parties. Uh, or just parties in general, they'd be playing DMX in them. What was that one song? Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. You go to a college frat party, all the frats being there stepping, everybody be jumping up and down in the air. Can't do that crap now at 41. My knees be hurting. <laughs> my knees is hurting. I can't do all that. I might get, you, might, you might just get a two-step out of me and call it a day. I can't get down like that anymore. You know what I mean? But, uh, but you know, he put out some good music with the hip-hop genre. Um, you know, I give, I give DMX credit for this. I, get, I credit DMX for, uh, for bringing New York back to its griminess. Because, you know, for a minute, you know, Puffy took over, and it was just shiny suits all over the place. And, look, you know, Puffy, you know, bad boy, they did their thing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like all his music was bad. But DMX came back with that, um, what was the name, what was the first song? Um, Get At Me, Dog. That video, just take it back to the streets, motherfucker. And he kind of brought New York back to that, to that little grimy stage. And, you know, they had, they had a nice little run, man. Um, you know what I mean? That, you know, that obviously that, that following behind them was uh, the locks. Well, you know, they, they came up out of the shiny suits and then they decided to go back to their griminess. Then Cameron and Dipset, G-Unit, you know what I'm saying? You can attribute Rough Riders for inspiring all of them to come out and do what they did in the early 2000s. So 
they uh, they had a nice little run. Um, but you know, that was twenty something years ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was twenty years ago. So I wish this brother the best. You dig? I wish this brother the best. Anyways, I'm about to roll. Um, anyways, for all the kids out there, say no to drugs, man. I know it sounds corny, but listen. You know, you might want to just think about these things because you can't you can't be sitting sitting around here popping pills and sipping lean forever. Um, I ain't never did none of that crap. I don't like I don't even like taking aspirin. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a fan of that. I take aspirin if I absolutely have to. Um, but sipping lean and all this other crap. I mean, look, they've been sipping lean since forever because I remember when I was in college, sipping on some scissor came out when I was in college. Uh, I want to was it. Let me see, like 2001, 2002, that's when it came out. And I remember, I remember dudes used to go to the football games and they used to put, uh, they, used to, <laughs> they used to have baby bottles and niggas would put drink in the baby bottles, right? And be sipping on drink out of the damn baby bottle. Now, I don't think these dudes was mixing it with lean, but then again, we had a couple cats from Houston, Texas that went to Tuskegee and they probably, I want to say some of them probably had lean mixed up in it, but it was a trend for niggas in the early 2000s. When I was in college, they was, putting alcohol in baby bottles. And I was like, this is stupid as hell. All because they got that from uh, watching 3-6 Mafia and, and uh, uh, UGK and all them. But look, you can't, you can't do that stuff forever if you're out here getting all leaned up. I mean, hell, it took DJ Screw out. You know, a lot of them Houston rappers that originated and made that crap popular, some of them gone, a lot of them gone. You know what I mean? So you can't do that crap forever, man. So look, y'all might want to I might want to think about this drugs, man, because the drugs that y'all do, it's like it's like they try to make it more and more powerful every every year. It just becomes more and more powerful. I'm just like, is there a limit to how, how powerful this stuff got to be? Like, this, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy. I, I know people that are addicted to Percocets. I'm allergic to Percocets. I'm, thank God. I remember I had um, I had caught strep throat a couple years ago. And the doctor, it was like extremely hard for me to swallow or drink anything. I don't know if you ever had strep throat before, but it's just like intensely painful in your throat to even eat or drink or whatever. So the doctor gave me some Percocet. I ain't never took a Percocet in my day in my life. So I took, so I, I remember the prescription was like, take one pill every six hours. So I was like, All right, I took the first pill. Six hours later, I took the next one. And I, you know, I felt like, a, I felt a little high, but I wasn't like sky high. I felt a little, little different. But what happened was, my, I discovered I was allergic by the time I hit the second pill because um, my hands started swelling up and it felt like somebody was sticking a bunch of needles in my hands and then all my fingernails fell off. Like, <laughs> like my fingers, were like the tips of my fingers were turning red to the point where I can pull off my entire fingernail. They all fell off, man. And even my toenails, I was like, what the hell? So I had about, I had about 15 or 20 more pills in that bottle. I took the bottle and just flushed it down the toilet, man. <laughs> Somebody told me I should have sold it. I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, so I took two pills and discovered I was allergic to that crap. And I ain't never took a Percocet a damn out after that again. And so I be hearing about people taking Percocets. Matter of fact, ain't that how, what's that rapper, Juice World? Isn't that how he died? Remember, he, he was on a plane. He had like briefcases of marijuana and a whole bunch of Percocets. And I think they say he took... He took a bunch of Percocets and tried to swallow them to hide the pills and overdosed. And I was just like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I thought about it when I just took two Percocets over the course of 12 hours and my fingernails fell out. This dude swallowed a bunch of them. 
and then OD. I'm just like, what, what was this guy thinking? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I guess he wasn't thinking. So anyways, y- y'all got to be careful with these drugs. Don't be out here letting these musicians influence you because, you know, even though I smoke weed, it wasn't, it was more of a, you know, like a peer pressure thing, obviously, but I never, I never wanted to try crazy hard drugs. Like I never wanted to try lean. I never wanted to pop pills. I never wanted to smoke, smoke uh, uh, snort powders. You know, I ain't never wanted to do any of this other crap. Even though I listened to it in the music, I, I, I knew what my limit was. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'll do this, but I ain't doing that. Like I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I had examples of full-blown crackheads in my family. I was like, okay, this is only going to lead me to becoming like my uncle. And I'm not trying to be like him. So I'm not dibbling and dabbling with none of this white stuff over here. I'm not sticking any needles in my arms. I'm not doing any of this crap. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as you youngins out there, y'all got to really think about these things and how y'all let this, this, this hip-hop culture or this music culture and this, just this overall culture influence y'all to do stupid crap because a lot of y'all are going to end up being the next uh, generation of crackheads out there on the street. And guess what? They're getting younger and younger. Like you, like I'm driving up and down the city of Orlando, we got a bunch of people that are addicted to heroin out here and they be all on the corners and stuff. A lot of these are young looking people. They're not like these old looking homeless, stereotypical homeless looking people. We're talking about people that look like they're probably barely 20 years old. I remember I was going into, um, I was in this area called Winter Park. It's like a, a little affluent area. I was going to a Trader Joe's. Well, my wife, I took her to Trader Joe's, right? So I was outside in the parking lot with my son and um, she was inside shopping for something. And this little white boy came up to me. He couldn't have been no older than probably like 19, 20 years old, asking me for some money. And I'm just looking at his arm. You can see all up and down his arm, all these, these track marks from where he'd been banging needles into his arm. And he's only like 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? White dude. I was like, good God. You know what I mean? So he, 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 already, he already gone at 20 years old. So... Anyway, so y'all need to think about these things, man. Um, hopefully DMX gets better, but listen, I'm, if, 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 if news breaks that he transitions, I'm not even going to act shocked. I'm just not. I'm not going to cry. I'm not, I'm not going to feel sad. I'm just, you know, it kind of is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to miss the dog. I'm going to go back and reminisce on his old music, but life, life got to go on. You know what I'm saying? Life got to go on. I'm not going to. It's not going to hit me like, like, like it did with Tupac, where I had to take a whole day off, even though I was in high school when that happened. I had to take a, take a day or two off to get my thoughts together. Like, oh, man, Tupac is gone? Like, for real, for real? Like, nah, they playing. He's going to be back tomorrow. He'll be back. He survived the first time. He'll be back. That's Tupac. He posed to get shot. And it was like, it took me about two or three days for it to really sink in. Like, damn, Pac really out of here. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to be like that with DMX. I'm going to be like, man. Rest in peace. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go back to work. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be some crap like that. You know what I mean? It's just it's the way it is. But um, hopefully he gets better. Hopefully his family, everything's lined up with his family. Hopefully they're mentally prepared for the for the potential of him transitioning. But hopefully, hopefully he does. Hopefully he recovers. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? He was very he was a very spiritual dude. So hopefully his faith comes through for him. You know what I'm saying? I'm, hopefully that happens. So I don't know. Anyways, I got to run. Y'all be safe. Um, Say he did live a longer life. Well, he's like 50 something years old. So he had a good, he had a great life. You know what I'm saying? Musician, very popular. It's just these drugs, man. They finally caught up to him. Anyways, I got to go. Y'all be safe. Peace.